Hello? Hello? Hello, Cliffy? Cliffy, it's on the lift, Cliff. Cliffy? It's podcast time. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Bull stick of butter. Cliffy, it's Grandma Cliff. Cliff, give me a call at your convenience, okay? Cliff, this is your Uncle Cliff, Cliff. Here's the host of Birthday Boy Podcast. The one and the only, Johnny Boy. My little baby boy. Baby butter boy. Womack style. Cliffy. I love you. Toggling your balls. Toggling your balls. Where's the rodeo? Uh, toggling his balls. I like your boots. Just below your nipple. Where are you headed? The biggest one yet. Toggle your balls. Toggling your balls. Fifty shades of gray. Slack, Cliffy. The biggest one yet. Cliffy. Oh my god. Hey there, teacher. It's going to be outrageous. What's my assignment? Your grandmother. I like your rubric. Great Donnell Winslow. Oh, please. Degrade Cliffy Baseball. Weakness. My little baby butter boy, little butter boy, clippy boy, baby boy. Sweet then. That's how you get blisters, Clippy. That's how you get blisters. Womack style. That sure tastes delicious. In my mouth. Hey, firewoman. Bibleopoly, Cliff. Where's the fire? Toggle, your balls. You're a smoker. The oatmeal tasting booth. Toggling your balls. Toggle your balls. Baby Butter Boy. The biggest and the best. You goddamn Butter Boy, son of a bitch. I can't get out of fuck of you, son of a bitch. To the Womack family holiday spectacular. Your grandmother just told me the good news. Or as we like to call it, the pizzle. Hellman's mayonnaise. The rockets red glare, the bombs bursting in air, and a delicious Helios pizza in your oven. Toggle your balls. Womack style. Yeah. What's up, everybody? It's Birthday Boy. Oh, and that's it. That's all the energy I have. At least to do something like that, that high-energy YouTuber nonsense what's up guys what's up guys it's birthday boy giving away prizes you'll find no prizes given away on this podcast if you're looking for prizes this is the prize the podcast is the prize if you're looking for other other prizes you have come to the wrong podcast sorry oh so let's see uh i got a text from carrie Carrie Dumas, I think it's D-O-O-M-I-S, I think is the name, that's the spelling, I think I'm accurate on that, uh, she had 
Some interesting feedback from last week's show. Let's see. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't agree with this feedback. <laughs> Here it goes. So, of course, as you know, last week I gave some career advice I didn't intend to. That wasn't like something I wrote down to say, hey, let's talk about career advice and how some interviewing tips here on the Birthday Boy podcast. But that's what happened. That's how it all went down last week. And uh, Carrie did appreciate the advice. She texted me. You know, I say email the birthday boy podcast, email birthday boy podcast at gmail.com. So naturally, Carrie texts me. So that's um, really appreciated on my personal phone. It's odd. <laughs> uh, she says, oh, Where did it go? Oh, so Carrie writes, Dumas writes, I hate to break it to you, Johnny boy, but your career advice is bordering on, nay, is dripping with positivity. And I love it. And three heart emojis and three uh, hysterically cracking up emojis. And I wrote back, Ha ha ha, fuck you, Dumas. She writes, Welcome to the dark side, or should I say, the light side. Ha 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 ha. I want to make sure I accurately quote the number of ha's. It is seriously some of the best advice I've ever heard. LOL, take that. Well, fuck you. Take that. Fuck you. Fuck your positivity, Dumas. We tell you. Uh, here's... Uh, okay, so there's a little bit more. So we went back and forth. Blah, blah, blah. That doesn't matter. That's, that's it for the text. Here's the deal, though. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's not positivity. Because positivity is stupid... And I'm obviously not a stupid person. I'm obviously a high IQ individual, incredibly high, probably the smartest person ever. I know I have, you know, the biggest brain, some of the biggest words, some of the best words. I'm not going to say stable genius, but I'm somewhere in that uh, ballpark. But here's so, okay. Here's the okay. So I gave the I gave the career advice and was oh if you do this you know go in the interview you know be ready to nail it and do this and that flip it around on whatever shit that I said last week. Okay, that's great. Here's the rub, as Cliff would say. Cliff used to say that all the time. By the way, that was like Cliffy's the real Cliff. His catchphrase, if you will, was here's the rub. He was everything. Everything had the rub. Cliff was just, he was rubbing, rubbing all day. And then saying, here's the rub, rubbed off on me. Could you say that Cliff rubbed off on me? Yes. Many, many times Cliff rubbed off on me. I mean, we sat so close to each other. It was impossible for that to not happen. It was impossible to not have Cliff just completely, totally rub off on me on a daily basis. Like, I couldn't. You just can't, you can't resist it happening. You can't stop it. You can only try to contain it when Cliff rubs off on you. And if you're around Cliff, that's just his personality. He's going to, Cliff is going to rub off on you if you are near him for any length of time beyond like five or ten minutes. So as a result of Cliff rubbing off on me, I 
sometimes say, there's the rub. And that's a phrase I would never utter prior to, like, 2014 or 2015. That was Cliffy. Uh, Cliffy's parting gift to me was now I occasionally say, there's the rub. There's the rub. Well, here's the rub, Dumas. It's not positivity. Although I will say there is some positivity because I am positive you will fail at taking my advice. I gave the advice out. <laughs> I'm positive you'll fuck it up somehow. And I will have wasted my my breath yet again with f- amazing career advice that each and every one of each and every one of you will squander. Will squander. So there's there's the rub. Okay, Cliff, and thank you, thank you for rubbing off on me. So many times in so many ways, just endless rubbing. Cliffy, Cliffy, and the rub. Oh, what to talk about today? All right, I read Carrie's text. That crosses one thing off the list. Oh, by the way, on the on the on that note though, I did I did catch something interesting. I found something interesting on the local news uh, this past week. Let's see if I can find it. I believe this is it. Hold on. Stay tuned. Stand by. Thank you. Well, on the Health Watch, new evidence that a positive outlook can be good for your health. A new study from Boston University finds optimistic people are more likely to live until their 85th birthday and beyond. Researchers say that staying positive could extend your life by as much as 15%. Well, up next in my... Well, my response to that is, go fuck yourself. You know how many negative Nellies live a pretty long time? Quite a few. Quite a few. And it's not because they're negative. They're just not positive. They're just not, you know, they're just not moronically optimistic about everything. They're they're realistic. So they have realistic expectations. They have realistic routines, realistic schedules, realistic opinions. They're not deliriously happy. No Go show me the fucking ninety-something-year-old who's just deliriously happy, tra la 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 lying all all the live long day. There's none of them. They're all dead. They died when they were sixty, because they were too happy to know how stupid they were, and then they got, I don't know, hit by a car. Every single one of them. <laughs> That's what positivity gets you. It gets you hit by a car. It gets you dead. It gets you dead. You get dead. You get dead with positivity. That's what you get. You get dead. My grandma lived to be 90. She wasn't positive. I mean, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't like endless, endless, but she was, she was very, you know, she was a realist. She wasn't, uh, she wasn't patronizing to us kids. If we were doing something stupid, she told us we were doing something stupid. And then she complained a lot. She complained a lot about a lot of things. I can tell you that much. This I can tell you. Right up until the end, she complained. Right up until the end when she was in a retirement home, an assisted living facility, and complained that everybody was coming in and stealing her shit. Problem is, she didn't have any shit to steal. I think because we all stole it from her house. Kimmy and I were just talking about it the other day. Like My grandma loved going to church. She would go to church every Sunday, with or without us, long after I stopped going to church and you know, all this and that, whatever, 
long after my grandpa died, she was still in that church every Sunday and probably more than that doing other little church things during the week with her groups and stuff like that. You know what my grandma did as soon as she got seated in church? As soon as the priest started talking? Oh my God, when's he going to shut up? Is it ever going to end? Get to the point. Get on with it. So we could get out of here and go home. Be like, well, Grandma, you don't have to come to church. It's not, you know, it's in the federal law. It's, you're not required to be here. I love church. I love my church. I'm going to go every week. And then she gets there. <laughs> When's this guy going to shut up and get to the point? We don't have much time left on this earth. And he's just carrying on and on. Most of the time, my grandma was talking about my dad, who was a priest and, you know, had great things to say. And my grandma was usually trying to get him to hurry up and be quiet. But any priest, it wasn't just it wasn't just my dad. Anywho, uh, but she lived to be 90, 90 and a half. She just made it to her 90.5.5th birthday and then passed away shortly after that. So, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> but... I she was uh, she was not I wouldn't say like ah oh, there goes there goes my optimistic grandma. <laughs> I loved her to death. She was one of my favorite people. I'm still heartbroken that she's gone. Even though she was 90, we were like, well, it's going to happen soon. But Jesus Christ, she didn't get she didn't get to you know, it was like, what's your secret? Oh, smile and sh- sh- look at the birds and the fl- no, she just she just did whatever the fuck she... You know, we were talking about, like, purpose last week? Her purpose was, like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And I'm going to express my opinion at any particular time, whether it's asked for or not. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, news station and Dumas. Enough with, your, enough with your positivity, all this nonsense. Stupid positivity, you stupid jerks with your stupid positivity. Oh, man. Speaking of positive, you know what Positivity did the other day? Uh, Kimmy and I went out Sunday. It was the day before school started. Everybody's back to school now. Well, let me tell you, we had to go to Costco, which on a Sunday is, uh, you're talking 90 minutes just to find a parking space, let alone shopping and getting out of there. So I'm like a Tuesday night, Monday night Costco. Like I'll go to the Y and go around the track with, you know, Shoelace Boy and Kettleball, kettle whatever the fuck, all those assholes, all those characters. And then when that's done, I'll zip over to Costco, get a few snacks and some shakes and things like that. And there's like 10 people in the store. It's great. Right before closing on a Monday night or Tuesday night, that's when I like to be in Costco. At any point on a Sunday... Saturday, not so much. Sunday is the worst. Sunday is the worst possible day, time. Any time on Sunday is the worst to be in Costco. So, of course, we went to Costco on a Sunday. And then we had to go to Staples on the day before school because we got the lists of supplies on Friday. Like, okay, let's go get that over with, too. That's going to be fun. So I said, okay, we're going to be gone. We're going to be out for three hours. We have to go to two places. We're going to be out for three hours. And Kimmy was like, let's... I don't know that she said the words, let's be positive, but she said, let's see how quickly we can do it. Well, God damn it, we got to Costco, got a horrible spot, but whatever. We just I'm not going to even bother looking for a spot. I'm just take this piece of shit spot over by the fucking loading docks. Fine. We got a bunch of shit. 
whatever food, snacks, drinks, paper towels, bullshit things that we needed to get. A few staples. Haha, <laughs> then we went to staples. Uh, we timed it. It was 15 minutes. From the time we got out of the car to the time we got back to the car was 15 minutes. And that's not inclu- that that's also including Kimmy returning the grocery the basket, the cart, the carriage as the New Englanders call it. Kimmy returning the carriage and me uh getting the car started and picking her up at the carriage return. And of course, uh, as I did, I was able to put on the back to the future soundtrack and blast it as loud as I could with all the windows down and a bunch of people getting in and out of their cars with all their little Costco groceries and things, tons of people everywhere in the parking lot. I pulled up to Kimmy blasting the back to the future soundtrack. And I, I said, I just said roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. And she called me an asshole. And then she hopped in and I said, Money! It's your kids! Your kids, Money! You got to, something that's got to be done about your kids! We're going to get back to the future! So she loved that. Another another one of my many uh, embarrassing uh, t- uh, times where I embarrassed Kimmy. But we did 15 minutes. We were there, in and out. Yes, okay. Off to Staples. We're going to Staples. We're going to get all this shit on the school supply list. And we got there. 20 minutes. All the fucking stupid erasers and pencils and crayons and notebooks and the specific kind of, you know, composition notebook, loose leaf paper and post-its and all the other bullshit that they had to get for the for the big first day of school on Monday. So we got all of that shit. And we were waiting in this huge line. And then the guy came over and he's like, oh... Uh, you know, fuckface over here at customer service can ring you out right now. Great. So we went over and fuckface ran, rang us out. Twenty, I think 20 minutes was the whole thing. It actually took longer in teeny tiny little staples, teeny tiny by comparison to Costco. But there was just more shit. And nobody, we know where stuff is in Costco. We know where to go. Staples, you know, we go there once a year for school supplies. And then maybe like one other time for something, some stupid thing. I don't even know what. I feel like there's one other time every year that I have to go to a Staples when I'm not home and I have to, like, scan something. Anyway, so fuckface rang us out. We were 20 minutes. It's like, holy shit, this is this whole thing is, like, you know, with the driving and the store. I mean, we're going to be we're gonna be home in less than an hour. We had one more stop to make, and that was at the Butcher, Brothers Butcher, which I love. I love Brothers Butcher. Great meats. Butcher things, you know, and uh, and they have nice boars. The nice boars had uh, sandwich deli meats and so forth and cheeses. And so, so we went in there and like, ah, this will be. I've never, I've never gone to Brothers Butcher and waited at all. They have so many people working behind the counter, and most of them want like steaks and burgers and chicken and things like that and ribs. And usually, like, nobody cares about the, the meat, the deli meat. They don't care about the boar's head. I don't know why. But great, we'll just get in. We'll get our boar's head meat and get the fuck out of here. So we got in. There were there was a woman and her daughter ahead of us in line. Then there was uh, a husband and wife ahead of her in line ordering their meat. We knew something was not going to go well when we got there and the woman in front of us 
as soon as we got there, she was already mumbling and grumbling about how long it was taking. She goes, oh, my God, how many things they need, oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's good, though. If she's complaining about how long it's taking these people, and they had a fucking hand basket filled to the brim with the little wrappers of meats. Every meat you could think of and cheese, it was all, like, stacked high. So I thought, okay, it's not a huge selection. It's just, like... It's the essentials, the boar's head stuff, you know, roast beef, ham, turkey, chicken, salami, pepperoni, cheese, you know, a couple other things, whatever. It's not an extensive, huge thing, you know. So I thought, well, they've got they've got half of this fucking deli case in their basket already. How many, you know, one or two more things and they're going to get out of here. They have to. They have to. So we waited. We waited. Like idiots. After all that time we saved, we made up such, we made such great time. Going all the way down the nightmarish uh, road that Costco is on and coming back up the nightmarish road that these things are on and staples in and out, in and out. And so, of course, we stood there. A couple minutes went by. Five minutes went by. Ten minutes go. These fuckers at the end like, oh, let's see. I'll have a half a pound of provolone cheese. And so then, you know, it's like you're ordering cheese. Great. Then the fucking stupid idiot. You think, I mean, there's rules. There are rules in a society. There are rules at the goddamn deli counter. And those rules are pretty simple. They're pretty simple. If you take a, if there's a ticket machine, you take the ticket. And then you, when they call your number, you go up. Most people have that. Not always, because there's a lot of idiots. Fine. The Brothers Butcher is so small, they don't do the ticket thing, because nobody's really there. They're there, like I said, for steaks and all that shit. So that's that's a rule. You take the, If there's a ticket machine, you take the ticket. <laughs> if uh, Another rule is, if you are ordering meat and cheese, you order one first and then the other, because it's two different slicers, stupid. So that way, the guy, and if there's only one of them, don't make him jump back and forth, Get all your meat. Then he's finished with the meat. Okay, now you can use the cheese slicer and slice me up some of that good-ass cheese. Well, these dumb fucks... I'll have some provolone cheese. Okay, here's half a pound of provolone. He's, you know, slicing and slicing it. Gives him the cheese. Anything else? Yes, uh, half a pound of turkey, please. Like, fucking asshole. You You just got meat, and then you switched over to cheese, and then back to turkey? That's, the rules are, you order your meat first, then you order your cheese. Meat, then cheese. Or cheese, then meat. I I think that's an insane thing to do. I don't know why you would order the cheese first. It just bothers me if somebody, that's just, that's, that's just odd to order cheese and then meat. These people decided to do both. Let's order the things separately, and then we'll order some cheese, and then we'll order some meat. Fucking idiots. Filling up this, stockpiling every... You know what would have been easier? Just say one of everything. Just say one of everything, because then they finish provolone cheese, then just some turkey. Okay, anything else? Oh, uh, yes, Lando Lakes, or whatever, not whatever, Boar's Head. Uh, a pound of white American cheese, please. And I'm like, what the fuck? She jumped from meat to cheese, and then back to meat, and then back to cheese? You can't do that. There are rules. They don't have them plastered on the board because most people have a brain. When they go into the deli, they know how it works. 
Even if it's your first time, you still kind of know how it works. Oh, meat. Would you like to order some meat? Oh, here's my, th here's two things of, I'd like some salami. I'd like some roast beef. Great. I will also take a pound of cheese. Okay. See you later. That's one of the, take the if there's a ticket, you take the fucking ticket. That's a, not even a rule. That's just like, don't be stupid. It's just like the general wait your turn in life kind of thing. The next rule, and if there is no ticket, you don't just walk up to the counter. You think there's like 30 people just standing off to the side because they don't, they're not in the mood for ordering their meat yet? Uh, you know, they asked if I needed help getting my meat. I thought, nah, I'll just wait. Let the other guys come in and get a bunch of meat first. I'll stand around all fucking day on a Sunday. If you see people gathered around the fucking meat deli counter and there's no ticket, you wait because they're not going to call your name next, you fuck. But there's always that guy, too. So that's a rule. Wait your turn. The second rule. Meat first, then cheese. The third rule. This is one that's almost never observed, but it's so fucking easy because so many supermarkets and delis have it set up so you can just... You don't even need to call. I was going to say call it in. Go the fuck online. Fill out your order. And then you show... And then it'll tell you. Show up in 30 minutes to pick up your shit. And then you go. I used to do it at Publix all the time. You go the fuck on their website. I want, like, you know... Half of the fucking deli case of salami. Great. See you in 45 minutes. You can go do the rest of your grocery shopping. You come back. They have a little slot. It's like picking up your mail. It's so great. You just show up. There it is. That's my order. That's my name. That's the third rule. If you have a fucking shit ton of shit, as in, oh, I don't know, more than five things, or gee whiz, I don't know, the entire contents of the deli counter. Like I said, you could just... If your order is, I'm going to get one of everything, you fucking call it in. Go on the, if they have a website, you can do a website order, do that. If they don't, call the fuck in. If they don't have a phone, walk your stupid ass in there with a piece of paper. Here, I want 12 things of meat and I want four kinds of cheese for some reason. I want you to fill the basket like I'm on goddamn supermarket sweep and it's the fucking late 80s. And David Ruprecht is timing me somewhere in one of his sweaters. I want all of the meat and all of the cheese. Here's my list. Is there an ETA? I can come back, I don't know, in an hour? Great. Okay, I'll be back. Instead of making all these people wait, you can do it in the background, and I'll come back in an hour. If you're ordering every goddamn thing out of the deli case, fucking do it a different way. Instead of like, I'm just going to show up and order everything. So I just looked at Kim and I said, we're losing all of that time. All of that time that we just gained from our highly efficient trips to Costco and to state and fucking Costco didn't have any salami. That's the, that's what we needed. We needed some salami because we have children who enjoy a nice salami in their lunch sometimes, salami sandwich or whatever, and a piece of cheese. So we wanted, okay, let's go get some deli sliced, deli, deli sliced salami from the deli and some cheese from the deli. That should take all of five minutes. Well, we were wrong. And Costco did not have salami, of course, because sometimes they have shit and sometimes they don't. It just depends. That's how you get those low, low membership warehouse club prices is they don't just stock up everything. They stock up the shit that's most affordable, that, that's there, and the, whatever. So salami at this juncture was not something that Costco was carrying on Sunday. So we did not get salami at Costco. 
and Staples doesn't carry salami either, or cheese. So, and I thought, I love supporting the, the local guy, you know, you go to the supermarket for everything else, you know, I like going to the butcher to get meat. I like the experts at the butcher, get, you know, not like, oh, here comes Joyce from the cookie counter to cut some cheese for me. And also slice cheese. Ha 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 ha. Anyway, I like to go to the real butcher where there's butchers and they know stuff about meat. You can ask them questions and they have answers. It's nice. Well, after 10 minutes, I said, we're just, we're losing, we're losing precious time. This trip is now, now we're, we're getting, we're going to be in negative, negative turf here. If we wait around for this any longer, because the, the dopey asshole in front of us has to get her meat and cheese in whatever fucking order she prefers, evidently, because it's anarchy now at the butcher. And we're just ordering cheese first and then meat and then jumping back. I guess that's the new rules of society is there are no fucking rules. So we left. We said, we can't wait any longer. I'm sure as soon as we walk out the door, these fuckers ordering one of everything will be done. And then the next person is going to order like three slices of cheese and leave. But I don't care. We got to get out of here. So we went to... We went to the grocery store, and it was five minutes. I got my salami, and I got my cheese, and I had Kim, while I was waiting for salami and cheese, I said, hey, I think they might carry goobers here. Why don't you go see, either you can stand here and order meat and cheese, and I'll go seek goobers, or I'll order meat and cheese, and you can go seek goobers. And so she went and sought goobers while I ordered the meat and the cheese. And then that gave me the opportunity to finish ordering my salami and my cheese. Thank you. Take it. Go. And as I walked to the back of the store, I saw Kimmy half a mile at the other end of Shaw's. And, of course, that was a perfect opportunity for me to th throw my hand in the air and start waving it feverishly and yell, Kimmy! Kim! Kim! Kimmy! Over here! Over here! And uh, she loved it. She loved it like she always loves when I scream her name in public. And, uh, yeah, so that worked out well. And they had no goobers. They had no fucking goobers. Walgreens has goobers, by the way, if anyone cares. You never go wrong with Walgreens. They have goobers. And the goobers are plentiful. So what else can I tell you? Don't fucking, don't fucking fuck up the butcher. You know, don't be... I mean, you know, you don't know who's behind you. There could be somebody behind you who wants to get home and play video games, who has spent the morning making record time at Costco, Staples, maybe even Walmart. Maybe even they were stupid enough. I mean, you're stupid to go to Walmart any time of day, any day of the week. But to go to any of these places on a Sunday, you're just, you hate yourself. So, you know, think about it. When you're ordering meat, if it's more than a few things... You know, okay, if the store is empty, maybe whatever. You order, maybe you can order six things. Get away with that. Or if they have three people working at the counter. If there's one person working at the counter and a bunch of customers and there's a line forming behind you, maybe hold off on one of your eight different types of turkey for this week or come back tomorrow and get the other kind of turkey, the, the eighth type of turkey. Uh, let's see. Do you have provolone cheese? I'll take some of that. And I'll take uh, some ham, and when you're done with that, I want you to go back, and I want this second kind of provolone cheese that's a slightly different shade. I want the white American cheese, and then I want some of the yellow, orange, whatever American cheese. Like, just, well, you don't care. Just go get some Kraft Singles. 
and a fucking Slim Jim and get the fuck out of here. Because I'm I'm here for one thing of salami and you're ruining my day. It was it was going on. so. Anyways, the positivity was I started thinking. You know what? We're gonna do this. We're gonna get, we're gonna get home in less than an hour. We went to Costco on a Sunday and Staples the day before school starts, and we're getting everything we wanted in less than an hour. And I started thinking positively. I said we are going to get. We left at twelve thirty, and we are going to get home before one thirty with all of the shit that we needed to do that would normally take three hours. Somehow has taken us less than an hour. And then the positivity did not pay off because we got stuck behind, you know, Turkey McFuckface and her husband, big, big Turkey fuckface, whatever. And they ruined it. They ruined the whole day. They ruined the whole day for me. So, yeah, you know, cut the shit at the, at the butcher, at the deli, at the butcher, at any of those places. You know, there's fucking rules in a society. And a lot of those rules that apply to the meat and deli counters apply in life in general. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, don't fuck shit up. If you're on, if you're on the highway and you, you're in the left lane... And you see that the middle lane cars and the right lane cars are all blowing past you. You're in the wrong lane, you fuck. But it doesn't matter because every time we, let's say, drive home from Boston, every commute that I've had coming home from Boston, I think half of the reason that this traffic is so bad is because, A, the traffic is so bad. There's too many people. Uh, you know, I'm one of them. And also, you get up, you finally get you know, inching along there and you realize, oh, we were all waiting for the guy going 55 when the rest of the world is trying to go 80 and he's in the left lane and the people in the center lane are going the speed limit because that's fine. You're in the center lane and the right lane. The left lane is for passing. You pass in the left lane. You go fast. You don't just sit there and lollygag and and fiddle sticks. Butcher Highway, just stop, stop holding it up for holding up the line for everybody in general in life. You cock. <sighs> okay, Ooh, take a quick. Oh, you know what? I, I did want to talk. There was a you know a few a few podcasts ago, we talked about Mayo Chup, as you as you may recall, Cam and I found a bottle of Mayo Chup at Market Basket. Since we're on the topic of grocery stores and shit that you put on meat and sandwiches and things. Um, well, recently, a few weeks ago, my buddy, Alex, uh, shared a screenshot on Facebook. And evidently, Mayo Chup is just the beginning. That's just the tip of the Heinz iceberg of disgustingness. Because they don't just have Mayo Chup, they have Mayo Q. Mayo Must... And Cranch, uh, which, as you've probably already surmised, Mayo Chup is, of course, mayonnaise and ketchup. Mayo Q is mayonnaise and barbecue sauce. Mayo Must is mayonnaise and mustard. And Cranch is just ranch with a K at the beginning of it. Ketchup and ranch. Uh, I'm not sure which one sounds more disgusting than the other one. Uh, but uh, so Alex shared that with me on Facebook a couple, couple weeks ago, and then writes, "Cranch sounds like something you need penicillin for." 
I wrote back, I was going to say, I think I had a bad case of cranch one time after my first time using the men's room at North Station. Kimmy said, cranch is what you come down with after eating mayo chup. <laughs> and then I said, but doctor, you said my cranch was in remission. And then the doctor says, yes, but sometimes cranch can lie dormant for years. I'm afraid that not only has your cranch returned, but you now have stage four mayo must. Luckily for you, we caught it early, and you're in the best medical hands in the business here at the Mayo Chup Clinic. Get it? Mayo Chup. Instead of the Mayo Clinic, it's the Mayo Chup Clinic. Huh? Huh? Alex said, I had a brush with Cranch once. I dipped where I shouldn't have dipped, but it was lucky. But I was lucky. It only winged me. Classic. Classic stuff, man. Uh, speaking of uh, this, just into the newsroom here at the Birthday Boy Podcast. Uh, speaking of Alex, Alex just shared with me because the Popeyes chicken sandwich came out and everybody went crazy. Everybody just, you know, murdered each other to get the the chicken sandwich, and they waited online and they sold it on eBay for twelve million dollars. Because like, who knows? Who knows what fried chicken and a pickle and bread <laughs> tastes like? Can't, there's no way to unravel that mystery anywhere else but Popeyes or Chick fil A. And Chick fil A sucks because, you know, fuck them. For all the reasons that you think are the reasons that I do not like Chick fil A. It's also a bit overrated. But I do love their chicken sandwich. Just, it's a bit overrated. Uh, Popeyes is not. Popeyes is heavenly. It's, it's everything you want the Chick-fil-A sandwich to be, uh, but without the, you know, uh, homophobia and all that shit. Um, so it so it tastes it tastes guilt-free, too. And I'm sure Popeye's gives money to all kinds of shitheads. Uh, but, you know, ignorance, ignorance is bliss. So until that time when it's revealed that, uh, you know, Popeye's gives to the Hitler Youth Coalition... Um, I'm really going to enjoy the Popeye's chicken sandwich, which of course they just took away yesterday. I texted Kimmy and asked her on the way home from work, can you stop, swing by Popeye's and get me one of those classic chicken sandwiches? And she came home with nothing. And then all of a sudden her phone went doo-doo-doo because for whatever reason, uh, she had to, she hadn't installed the latest update and she wasn't getting texts. And now she gets texts just fine, except the text from me that said, can you go get the sandwich? But at this point I was too hungry, so I had heated up some, some stew and had that instead. And said, okay, well, tomorrow we'll go get... on the." She said, tomorrow on the way home from work, I'll get the chicken sandwich. Well, tomorrow is now today, and that's not going to happen because Popeye's has ended the chicken sandwich. It's going to come back. We just, you know, download the app so you know when. Okay, super. How about today? Bring the sandwich back right now because I want it now. So, all right. So we missed it. I mean, we had it. We had the sandwich over the weekend. It was amazing. You know, out-of-body experience, all that shit. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a fried chicken sandwich. What do you want? But it was very, very good. And I love Popeye's. I, I'm not a chicken. I'm not a fried chicken guy at all. But I fucking love Popeyes, unapologetically pro Popeyes. Uh, so anyway, uh, so Alex, uh, Alex is very aware of my love, our our collective love of Popeyes, because the only people who love Popeyes more than me are my kids. They fucking love Popeyes chicken. It's 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 great. I mean, it's you know it's awful because <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing uh, 
you know, nutritionally redeeming for them in anything that we get. But it's nice to know, like, hey, if we get Popeyes, they're going to eat their dinner. So that's cool. Uh, so Alex posted something just just now. It says, you're going to see a commercial in 20 years saying, if you ate a Popeye's chicken sandwich in 2019, you are at risk for mesothelioma. And I wrote back, worth it. And it is. If that's, that's a small price to pay for mesothelioma. Mesothelioma. I'm not going to do that joke. Uh, Mesothelioma. Me love you long time. I guess I did do that joke. <laughs> uh, sorry, Asians. That's but come on, that's I can't. Meso mesothelioma, you know, and meso horny. Come on, love that mesothelioma from Popeyes. Is also what I wrote. I put the little musical notes. Tee, it's so funny. I am positive I will get mesothelioma from Popeyes. And I'm also negative, I'm pessimistic about my longevity and my lifespan. Which means that's what's going to happen is I'll live to be 110. Because I'm being realistic and not giving a fuck. So suck it, everybody. See you at your funerals. And we'll see you in just a few seconds. Back here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Welcome back. What a quick commercial break, almost as though there's no commercials at all. It's just pretend. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, what to talk about? There's so many things. I think I'm going to talk about elementary school for a second here. Yes, in fact, I am. New single from Elbow, one of my favorite bands. This is an instant classic for me. Loving this song. Now get out of here, Elbow. It's fucking guys, they're that's a great concert. We saw those bastards at the Paradise Rock Club. In Boston last November, I think. And it was great. And Guy Garvey, the lead singer, is pretty funny, too. Like, some bands come out and they don't say a word and they just play nonstop music. And the only thing, maybe at the end, they say thank you. Thank you, Boston! And this dude, you know, he's got little stories and things and jokes in between each song. And he's really fucking funny. It's good. It's good. Good concert. Good show. Good show. Okay, so I wanted to talk about <laughs> Kimmy and I were talking about this the other day, and she suggested that I talk about it on the podcast. So I don't even know if they. I think they still have these stupid things, but oh, hold on, water. Mmm. Have to stay hydrated. Must stay hydrated. And of course, I picked the day where the humidity is back, and it's getting very hot in this room. The last two days would have been perfect to do a podcast because it was downright cold. I actually put my fleece and slippers on for the first time in I don't know three, four months. What's August? Yeah, probably four months. 
Maybe the beginning of May was the last time. I don't even know. But goddamn, it felt good. I love, oh, I love, I know it's fake fall, false fall, whatever they call it, where you think, oh, fall is here, and then it jumps back to summer a week later, which it's it's currently in the process of doing. The humidity, all that shit. Um, <clears throat> anyway, but I gotta stay hydrated. I have to drink my water. One more sip. One more sip. Mmm. 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 Liquidy. So, we were talking about, yeah, they have these programs, at least when I was a kid, and I think they still have them in some schools, where in my day it was called, and I was in it, I think I was in it for three years in elementary school. Third, fourth, and fifth grade, maybe? I don't really recall. Second, third, and fourth grade? I don't know. At first it was called TAG, which stands for Talented and Gifted. And then they changed it to AIM so that the not talented, so that the no talents and the giftless wouldn't be uh, so jealous of the talented and gifted, like myself, getting up to go. Uh, basically, it's like, hey, you've got some talent and some gifts. You're smart. So your reward is here's a bunch of extra work to do on top of the other fucking work that you have to do in third and fourth and fifth grade. You know the project that you and all the other students are working on? Yeah, you're going to do that, but then we've got this other project that you're going to do uh, simultaneously, and we're going to make them all do around the same time just to, you know, just because fuck you, because fuck you. Your reward for being smart is less free time to just be a kid and enjoy your life. So, welcome to TAG. And I fucking hated it. For those reasons. I didn't understand, like, A, I felt like a douchebag because... You know, back in the old days, they made they made kids just like you know you were you stood up in front of the class and were humiliated, whether it was intentional or not. It was pretty frequent. You know, Mrs. Gottwald, if our desks were too messy, would have you'd get a, a warning. There was like a desk monitor, um, and then if you if your desk did not meet the criteria of the desk monitor, who was just another fucking student, you got your desk physically. You they would dump tip your desk over and dump the contents on the floor while everybody in the class would laugh at you. And that's not even an exaggeration. You just, ha, 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 you, you had a messy desk. Your desk is getting dumped now. Ha, ha, you feel like shit. And then it happened one time to me, and then I did feel like shit, and I wanted to kill everybody. And, uh, yeah, so it was really fun. Elementary school was a really fun time. I fucking loved it. Um, I loved every second of elementary school, you know, other than the being at school part and being in a classroom and most of my teachers other than that um and my third grade teacher and mrs gottwell was one of my fucking favorite teachers and she did that shit all the time so you can imagine the shitty ones really must have sucked and i'm looking at you second and fifth grade anyway those because those years fuck sucked uh so so yeah, and part of part of that suckiness was being in the tag slash aim program, and I just had no interest. Like, what does this have to do with our report card? Does this have anything to do with our grades? Oh, it doesn't. Then fuck you. I don't care, and I don't want to just be like plucked out of my class to go do more work that I'm not interested. I'm already not interested in the work that you have me doing. You know, the BAU stuff, the business as usual work that you have me doing is pretty fucking lame. And oh, now I get to do a project 
outside of that. Oh, and I get to read lots of books. Great. Yes. Oh, I love reading. Um, which I come on. I like going to the library and I like I like that my children like to read. But if anybody knows me, uh, it's not one of my favorite things to do. I I prefer to be an, an illiterate an illiterate slob and video games and TV are just way better. So I'd rather just do that. And that's that's been my philosophy since I discovered video games. Because I used to really love reading when I was a little kid. And then, what's this? Oh, a thing where I can hold a controller and I can control a character and kind of write my own story within these games. Yeah, I'll do that instead. Oh, and there's a little text on the screen. So there you go. I am reading. Anyway. So yeah, what I'm saying is the talented and gifted bullshit cut into my normal kid stuff cut into my video games, cut into my video games and playing and just, you know, nonsense. I, I mean, ridiculous, ridiculous things. And um, I don't remember enjoying it ever. I remember, I, th I think that was the Talented and Gifted program was where I read Wrinkle in Time, which was actually the book that began my hatred of the written word because I hated that fucking book so goddamn much. I just, I hated the story. I hated the characters. Hated the characters. I, I mean, like, in elementary school, you had to read all the books that we read. It was just, like, little kids dying or animals being ripped to shreds by a, a fucking mountain lion or some bullshit. You know, taste of blackberries, a stupid kid. Uh, he gets, you know, they're they're telegraphing it throughout the entire book. The kid's allergic to bees. He could die if he gets stung by a bee. So you know what's coming, and guess what? He gets stung by not one bee, all of the bees, just like Macaulay Culkin in My Girl, which I'm sure was somehow ripped off from the taste of blackberries because the kid, you know, he's a lovable, fun, funny kid, and then he, and then the bees sting him to death, and he dies. And then we sit in the classroom and have the discussion. This is third grade, and we have the discussion. And then there's Mrs. Gottwald, you know, crying because the kid in the book died from the bees, the bee stings. And now we all feel like shit. Instead of just like being kids, we're reading about the the killer bees killing the kid who's allergic to bees. And then with the where the red fern grows, the fucking the two hound dogs. And they go out one, and at the end of the book, they get ripped to shreds by a I don't know a mountain lion. I don't know what what the fuck it was. And it's every graphic, gory detail about the belly being ripped open and the entrails. That was where I learned the word entrails, so that's fun. Uh, and then the one dog dies during the attack, during this fight. And the other dog just barely survives and lasts for a few more days. And then uh, at the end just hobbles with their last breath, their last ounce of strength, hobbles out to the other dog's grave and passes out and dies. It was fun stuff like that. And I would read those two pieces of shit books any day of the week. An old yeller and all the dead animal got to, you know, shoot the hunting. And there was some book, the rabies, the dog gave rabies to the to Pa. And they had to chain Pa to the tree. And then the son had to shoot Pa when the time came. Oh, like, that's all we read. That's all we fucking read in elementary school. In addition to elementary school completely sucking. And I fucking hated it. I hated every goddamn second of elementary school. And part of a big reason was all the shit that we had to read about kids getting killed and dogs getting ripped apart and all this crap, putting a bullet in Pa's head. 
So on top of that, uh, the worst of the bunch was Wrinkle in Time, which is such a garbage fucking book. I don't know why it's so beloved. And I, I thought it was so fitting that Disney made this thing into a movie with Oprah. It's like, well, you now you know, if you didn't know how much this book sucked before, Oprah is in the movie. That's how much the movie is going to suck. And there's this little prick kid in the book, and he's this little genius boy who's, you know, like seven, eight, nine years old, I don't know, six years old, three years old, who fucking knows? And he knows everything. He's always solving the... When the older kids and the adults like, what do we do? What do we do? There's Charles... Charles Wallace, I think I looked it up as his name. And I hated... I hated... I wanted to reach through the pages of this book and strangle this kid. I hated everything he said. I hated everything about him. And I hated all the other characters, too. And it's such a long book. And it's so tedious. And I didn't mind reading up until that point. I liked most of the books that they gave us. Even with the fucking bees... The bee sting boy... You know, it was a good book. It was a good enough book. We read, you know, some some good stuff. And this Wrinkle in Time, I don't know if it was with Tag or AIM or just regular school reading. I can't remember. But I read this book and I, goddamn, it couldn't, it never ended. It just seemed to go on forever. And just nonsense. And I hated the kid. I hated Charles Wallace, always knowing what to do and knowing everything about everything. And I just, like, I prayed that the end of that book would be that Charles Wallace... He knows everything except he doesn't know that he's allergic to bees. And I was hoping that, you know, time traveling bees like super bees would just come back and just sting the shit out of him. And then a a bobcat or a mountain lion would just rip him <laughs> rip him to shreds. And then he'd have rabies and they'd have to chain him to a tree and then blow his brains out when the rabies took over and when he foamed at the mouth. I was hoping that all of the hor- horrible, horrific things that happened in all the other books that I read in third and fourth or whatever grade. I was hoping that would all happen to Charles Wallace because Wrinkle in Time sucks and so does Charles Wallace. But anyways, that's not what I'm here to talk about with this tag and aim bullshit. I'm here to talk about how much I hated aim and tag and as a result just completely stopped trying. Like I deliberately got myself kicked out of it because I didn't give a fuck. I got to the point where I just put forth zero effort because I hated it so much, and then I got exactly what I wanted. Just like Fabulous 60s, although I wasn't looking to get kicked out of Fabulous 60s for our sketch. I was looking to entertain and make people laugh. And uh, with Tag and AIM, I was looking to get the fuck out of there, so I didn't have to do all that extra shit, and that's exactly what I got. Of course, I had to go through three years of it before it happened, and it was going to come to an end in fifth grade anyways, but still... Uh, so it's, still, I got kicked out, and the reason was, yeah, I just I hated it. I hated reading the books that they had us read, uh, and I didn't particularly like the projects that we had to do. And I, and I really, and before I get into the fucking projects and things of of that nature, uh, the, yeah, like there's so much shit that involved like being standing up in front of the class. And not in a, like, okay, you do a presentation, show and tell, you stand in front of the class. I get that. But, like, okay, okay, tag kids, talented and gifted, get up and go to your class. Like, oh, okay. And now everybody's staring and just the same. Like, in first grade, they fucking, they called out the kids. It's just a weird thing. Like, and I know, you learn as you go, right? We try to be better as the years go on and evolve and all that shit. But I remember, like, first grade, there were, like, five kids who got called out by name because they weren't moving on to second grade. And the teacher did some 
patronizing, you know, nonsensical, like, I love these kids so much that they're going to, I want them with me for another year of first grade. And so they're going to stay with me for another year of first grade. And I'm like, are these kids just finding this shit out now? Cause I would be pissed. I'm sure they weren't, but who knows back then? So then I'm like, oh man, that sucks. So these kids have to stay back. I'm like, but wait a minute, the te- because the teacher likes them better than us, so now we're shitty, so like the reward for being a shithead is you move on to second grade, and for like, if the teacher likes you, you stay back in first grade, and like I, if first grade was one of the few ones, I, th- I don't think I really minded that much, it was pretty easy, but goddamn, I was pissed because I thought, oh, but I'm moving on to second grade because my teacher doesn't really like me that much. But she likes these other kids, so they're they're staying behind. And you just it was just weird. You got like yeah, called out for shit like that in the middle of the class. So like, all right, all right, suck ass kids, you're staying behind. All right, messy desk kids, let's gather around in circle and point and laugh while we dump the desk out on the floor. All right, quote unquote gifted children. <laughs> Let's all stand up so the whole world can watch you leave to go do your gifted things. And by the way, it, like here's how gifted and talented I was. The first the first year of this program, the the talented and gifted lady who taught the thing, her last name was DeCristofaro and Miss, she was not married, so it was Miss DeCristofaro. It took me like half the year to figure out what her actual name was because I didn't know where the space was in those words. And I'm like, Mr. Christopharo? Was she? She looks and sounds like a woman. So it can't be Mr. I'm like, Mr. Mr. Christopharo? And I it didn't, I couldn't, I was, I was so tired. I'm like the, you know, in the Far Side cartoon, you know, like the Genius Academy. And the door says pull, and the guy is pushing with all his might. Like, that's me throughout life. And I'm like, I thought, like, Mr. Christophero. Like, these, everybody said, like, Mr. Christophero. Mr. Christophero. I'm like, Mr.? Mr.? Is it Mr. Christophero? That's weird. Why would she go by Mr.? And then I thought, like, I thought they were saying Mystic. <laughs> like... Like, wow, maybe that's why she's in charge of the gifted people. Like, she has, like, mystic, mystical powers of some kind. And so I th- I was like, oh, my God, Mystic Christopher. That's just her name? Myst- and, like, maybe it's Chris, like, short for Christina. Chris D. Farrow. Maybe that's it. Mystic Christopher D. Farrow. Or Mystic Christina D. Farrow. I didn't know. I was really very talented and gifted, as you can tell, by the fact that I spent... I I don't know what it was. It was like an hour a week. It was an hour a month. I I don't know. I don't remember. It was too much. Whatever it was, it was was exactly that length of time too many to be spending on this fucking tag nonsense. But I pictured, like, she's she's a wizard, mystic Christophero, and she's going to have, like, some kind of cape and some staff and a crystal ball. I just thought, like, she has superpowers. She's talented and gifted. Maybe this is... I didn't know what the X-Men were, but I was thinking along those lines. Like, oh, maybe it's going to be revealed that I have... Like, those are my talents and gifts. It's like, it's beyond the mortal... You know, this realm, I have, like, uh, you know, some sort of (laughs) wizard-like powers. 
So yeah, clearly they made a good choice pull, pulling me into the talented and gifted uh, pool there. I mean, it did fine though. Like the first year, it was okay. The second year it was okay, and then we had to do we had to do a medieval a medieval times project, and that's where it fell apart for me. And I was the kind of kid like I came home and I said nothing to my parents about any of the projects that I had or a- anything. Like I just kept it all to myself. Didn't didn't say a word. And then, you know, and as such, I didn't ask for any help on anything. I just, you know, like Ralph Wiggum getting the uh, the <laughs> and Lisa getting the award for uh, the state costumes that clearly they had no help from their parents when Lisa was Florida, and Ralph just had a piece of paper that said Idaho when they had to do their state projects on The Simpsons. I'm Idaho. Uh, that was that was me in the uh, <laughs> talented and gifted program. I was I was the Ralph Wiggum of talent talents and gifts, and uh, yeah. So we had to do this medieval project, and I just put it off because I had no interest in doing it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't care. And like for some reason, I, and I don't know why. Like some people like teamed up and did projects together, and I didn't do that. And I remember coming in, it was like, I didn't think it was as big of a deal as this project actually was. The project was supposed to be like a pretty big thing. But I kept thinking to myself, like, this has nothing to do with our grades. And like, it's just extra shit. I didn't ask to be in this class or this program. And I really, (laughs) it's not very interesting to me. And uh, yeah, so what I did for my Medieval Times project on the day of, on the due date, the day of the presentation, these projects that were all set up in the cafeteria. And so you've got people who have, you know, big, like, wooden stage for a, for a puppet show. And they, they did a little show, a medieval puppet show, and, like, all these other costumes and get-ups and, you know, all kinds of things. And, you know, as kids do, they construct, you know, stages for puppet shows by themselves, you know, it's all good. Here I am trying to work on these projects by myself like a fucking sucker, like an asshole. You know, these kids, you know, look, clearly at ages of 9 and 10, nobody's nobody's using a a fucking buzz, whatever those, bench saw. What the hell's the saw? The circular saw, table saw. Chopping up, you know, lumber and hammering and nailing, <laughs> like, uh, you know, what an asshole. Oh, they they made puppets and a stage and they made this and they made costumes and they made all this shit. And I, I didn't enlist in any help with anything. I just fucking showed up on the day the project was due and said, oh yeah, that Medieval Times project. And I took out a, I found a piece of blue construction paper and I drew a picture of king on a throne with pen in pencil uh, i didn't color it in and then i drew a picture of a court uh jester uh entertaining the king and the king was very bored with the presentation which i think like psychologically if you had if you had evaluated me on that project it's like oh okay that's probably there's probably a deeper meaning to like you know how bored i was and I don't know. There's there's some kind of there's some kind of uh, interpretation there, some kind of whole like duality thing where I'm 
I'm both the bored king, not that I thought of myself as a king of any kind, but, you know, the jester and then, you know, there's, there's something there's something there, I'm sure, that obviously my mind went towards that in the program that I was very bored with. Uh, so, so yeah, that's what I did in the morning. I drew, I drew this horrible, stupid picture of a king sitting on a throne in the throne room in the castle in medieval medieval times with a gesture, uh, juggling or doing some bullshit. And I'm not a great artist, so it wasn't a great looking. If I had like great artistic abilities, I could have pulled that off. I could have done you know something that looked like a read out of a graphic novel and d- done fine. On this one, I just, you know, it's my chicken scratch, my fucking shitty, you know, these weren't stick figures like most of my drawings, but they were, you know, just a couple of sticks connected by other sticks. Those are, that's like one level up for me from a stick figure. That's as, that's as good as it gets. And then I sat in the cafeteria while everybody was viewing all these presentations and these nice performances and plays and puppets and stages and costumes and videos that people did all this shit and this was before i got really into making videos that's what i ended up doing for all my projects later it was like holy shit i can really put something nice together with a project with a with a video to do a project but in third fourth grade fifth grade i wasn't quite into that stuff yet so i what didn't even cross my mind so everybody's got everybody's got all their nice things are showing off and like parents are there and teachers and classes are coming in to, to look at it and I'm just sitting at the cafeteria table with my piece of blue construction paper with a fucking king and a gesture on it and then I was so I was so disappointed in myself in my own drawing that I just sat at the table and I had the same pencil that I used to create this drawing just mere literally moments before it was due. I sat at the table and went like this. I'm using a pen in this case, but in fourth grade in this project, I had my pencil and I was just going like that with my pencil because I was I just wanted it to be over because I was embarrassed like because I did a shitty job and then I realized how how much effort went into all these other projects. And so I was like, okay, well, I suck. And so I was just kind of like, going like this with my pencil on the paper and then I looked down and realized oh shit there's a bunch of there's a bunch of dots from where I was just doing this with my pencil on the paper <laughs> and Mrs. Gottwald came over and was like oh what do you have here uh, my third grade teacher Mrs. Gottwald who is now my former teacher because I think I was in fourth it was fourth grade pretty sure and she came over and sat down and she's like oh what do you have here and I was like eh, it's a king gesture I don't know who cares She's like, oh, and it looks like the jester has, he has flies around him because he's dirty. The flies were just my little pencil markings from going like that. So I was like, yeah, flies because he's dirty. That's it. And uh, boy, oh boy. And she, so she was like, oh, that's good. So then I told everybody, I was like, yeah, and the jester has flies because he's dirty. And it couldn't, it couldn't end soon enough. I just, yeah, it was weird. I just had no interest in this project. I had no interest in being in the tag, which then was, by this time, was called AIM. And uh, Miss DeCristofaro was gone, and Mrs. Nichols had replaced her. And, uh, you know, Mrs. Nichols, she wasn't so great. So, you know, just like like a lot of those teachers, (laughs) not so great. But anyway, 
so yeah, so I had this terrible drawing and I don't, I don't recall the aftermath. I don't think I, I didn't get kicked out for that. I got kicked out because then, boy, I want to say it was Wrinkle in Time. Go back to that Wrinkle in Time or it was some other shitty book. Just some book that just, boy, oh boy, just wasn't that interesting to me at all. And, uh, and I didn't want to read it. And so then I just, I just kind of stopped. I just stopped caring. I stopped doing any of my work for the, for the gifted program. And then, and then they informed me, informed me at some point that I was out of the program, which was perfectly fine. I was thrilled. I was so fucking happy to be out of there. I didn't see it as like a bad thing. I still don't because those things are stupid. As somebody who was in the talented and gifted program, I tell you, they're dumb. <laughs> uh, you know. Anyway. Yeah, and it's weird. I never, I always had, yeah, I had good grades. I always had A's. And then, you know, I never, I never, it's funny. In elementary school, I really was concerned with grades, which is stupid. Um, and then in, I guess I was always, I guess I was always concerned with grades. Oddly enough. And then in college, I was really concerned with grades. And I got, you know, whatever. 3.8 in business school. My MBA, I got a 3.8. So I really fucking worked hard. I really, like, I killed myself to to get those grades. Cause I, also because I had no business background whatsoever. No knowledge of accounting, finance, operations, ma- <laughs> ops management. Uh, any of the other shit that they do, you know, marketing and blah, blah, blah. Um, and no, no knowledge of it whatsoever. So I really fucking like killed my, pushed myself and killed myself to, to get those grades. And same thing with like college, like undergrad. I didn't go out of my way to make friends. I just kind of studied a lot and did a lot of work. And then on the weekends would go home and uh or hang out with Keith play video games and uh yeah I really knowing what I know now it's like ah grades are stupid like nobody once in a while on an interview somebody looks at my resume and says wow a 3.8 that's pretty good like once or twice ever that's happened out of the 50,000 interviews that I've been on so again not only is college stupid, but grades are also stupid. <laughs> Just f- fucking, you know, don't not try, but don't get fucking worried. And that's why I'm so happy with my kids. Like Cam, they ha- they have great grades, but they don't give a shit. They're not, like Cam forgot her homework assignment last night. She left her homework folder at school and was upset about it for like two seconds. If it were me back then, I'd be, I wouldn't sleep. I would not have slept because I'd I'd be like throwing up from nerves of like, oh my God, I'm going to get expelled from school. My life's over. And Cam's like, okay. She's like, that's all right. I'll, if I can do it in the morning, I'll do it in the morning. And if not, I'll explain that I forgot it. Like, she's just like, yeah, I'll just be accountable. And you know, shit happens. I fucked up. (laughs) I'll tell you if it's a bad grade, that's a bad grade. No big deal. It's not really a reflection of who I am as a person or a student. It's just one time I forgot my homework on like the second day of school. Big fucking deal. And I would have been, and and I was, 
I wouldn't say I was flipping out, but I was like, I was like, what? Well, yeah, but what kind of homework do you have? Is it math? Is it something that you can do tomorrow morning? Can you get in there and take 10 minutes in the morning to do it? What do you, you know, and I also, I'm not going to be that parent that's like, we're driving back to the school because I do want her to be accountable. If you forget your shit, that's on you, man. That's, you get like a one-time pass from mom and dad. If it was something like huge, then maybe, okay, we'll drive back to school. But it's just like if she forgot her homework here in the morning, I'm like, then you forgot it. I'm not bringing it in. Nobody's bringing it to you. You gotta, you gotta fucking eat that sandwich, my friend. But she doesn't, she's cool with it. She's like, okay, no big deal. Not the end of the world. Move on. I'm like, sweet. (laughs) I was not like that. If I did, I mean, I once had to stay in for five minutes because somebody told a joke and made me laugh in the cafeteria and I blew snot out of my nose. And one of the the lunch ladies saw it. One of the playground monitors saw it and like, oh my God. That's what she said, literally. She's like yelling. The whole, cl- everybody's there. She's like, oh my God, snot. And she was not being, she was serious. And there, she's like, that's it. She's like, when everyone goes to the playground, you're staying here. You're sitting here for 10 minutes or 50, something like that. And I was like sick to my stomach. I was like, what did I do wrong? Like, I thought, oh my God. I, I, somebody made me laugh and snot came out, which is the equivalent of absolutely nothing happening at all. But for me, it was treated as though I had just slit somebody's throat. Oh my God, snot. That's what they fucking said. That's what this bitch said. This fucking old bitch. What's her name was like Nusco, Nuscow, Nascow. Fucking hated her. Oh my god, I hated so many of these people in my elementary school. These these adults who were helping to shape well, she wasn't shaping anyone's mind. She was a fucking lump. But the rest of these numbskulls, I couldn't wait to get out of that school. Oh my god. The end of fifth grade couldn't come soon enough. Mm. Sixth grade wasn't too much better, but it was like I cared less. I didn't get hung up on shit. You know, if I had gotten in trouble for snot coming out of my nose, I wouldn't have cared as much. But it took me until sixth grade to get there. And then eighth grade was when I finally just was like, fuck, fuck everyone. I'm just going to be an asshole. And it worked out so much better than being the nice guy. Because also in third grade, uh, one time, all of the all of the dudes got called onto the carpet because they were in trouble for bad behavior. And all of the girls got to stay at their desks and keep reading and doing whatever they were doing. All of the girls and me, because I didn't misbehave either. either. So then I felt like a real piece of shit. Like, well, look at this. I am no, I'm no man because these dudes are on the carpet for being, you know, being bad boys. And I'm, I can't even, I can't even be a bad boy. I'm a good boy. And I was pissed because I thought, what? Why now? I have, now I'm just sitting here, just me and the late, and me and the gals sitting here, all the best behaved. I'm like, I don't feel good about this. I think she thought she, it was like, oh, you'll feel good. You're rewarded for good behavior by not having to sit on the carpet and get in trouble. It's like, yeah, but all my friends are in the carpet, and I'm just sitting here like an asshole with the broads. <laughs> anyway, what was I saying? Yeah, so. Yeah, so f- this fucking snot incident, I blew snot out of my nose, and they wouldn't let me go on. The- I had to wait 10 minutes to go on the playground. I don't know why. It took 10 seconds less to take a napkin and wipe my nose. 
but I was I was in trouble. I was in trouble for laughing and having a snot bubble come out of my nose. And I was sick to my stomach, and I thought, okay, this is it. This is the end for me. They're going to tell my parents, and I'm going to... It's it's over. I'm done. I'm, I'm going to be out of school. I'm going to go to jail. I don't know. Whatever the... The hounds, are, they're going to unleash the hounds on me who will rip me to shreds, and I deserve it because because I had snot come out of my nose. So, yeah, I fucking, uh, yeah, I was kind of a maniac in, in elementary school. Did not like it at all. Kindergarten was nice, uh, and first grade was okay, and the rest of it was just, I just hated it. And I did fine. I did well. I had good grades. I, clearly, I was gifted and talented and aimed high. Uh, but yeah, I loved that so much that I got myself kicked out of it by not doing the work at the end because I hated it. And, uh, and I remember trying to express myself creatively with some, you know, writing, wrote little songs and things like that for projects and, and eh, whatever. They weren't, they weren't well received. <laughs> so fuck that. Fuck you. Mystic Christophero with your wizardry and your spell casting. And you too, Mrs. Nichols. And you too, Mrs. Nosco. Noscow. Whatever the fuck your name is. I'm sure she's dead. That's the only thing that makes me feel good. She has to be she's has to be dead for twenty years. There's no way she's still alive. Making me stay inside because I fucking laughed at a joke and I couldn't help snot came out of what would you what would you think, stupid? Hey, guys, watch this. I'm going to fucking snot myself. <laughs> I fucking laughed at a joke, you idiot. Oh, so anyways. So. <laughs> um, and by the time I got to sixth grade, yeah, I didn't, I didn't care nearly as much. Because I remember being in reading, being in the advanced reading class with Shimo. And uh, we were laughing. We were sitting at the same table, same desks, whatever, right near each other. We were laughing during a class, and then, uh, and then our our teacher, Mrs. Gay, she separated us. She said, "John Hopkins, Joe Shimo, you're you're disrupting the class. Move away from each other." And so they they moved Shimo to another table, and they moved they moved us back by like ten. We're now instead of like two feet away from each other, we're ten feet away from each other. But now we're now we're silently fucking around. Instead of talking, now we're like making faces and hand gestures and things like that. So she moved us even farther apart. She's like, I've had enough of both of you. Get to the opposite corners of the room. So then from the opposite corners of the room, Shimo and I are staring at each other and we're still making faces and we're making inappropriate gestures and things like that. And then Mrs. Gay's like, that's it! You are disruptive when you are near each other. You're disruptive when you're on the other side of the classroom. Both of you, get out of here. You're punished. Get out in the hall. So then the punishment was we got to go sit in the hall and miss class and all the boring shit that was being done in class. And we got to sit next to each other out in the hall. And then we really got to fuck around. It was great. So obviously by... And somewhere... And I remember doing a lot of nonsense in fifth grade. So... I guess maybe in fifth grade, somewhere in fifth grade was when I, I learned to not give a shit. And that's the thing. You cannot give a shit and do well, like not care. You don't have to care because school is, you know, kind of sucks a lot. 
and there's going to be a lot of work that you don't want to do, you don't like to do, nobody's nobody's paying you to give a shit, right? You're just there, you have to be there. But you cannot give a shit, and you can fuck around, and you can still do fine, and get good grades, and get straight A's. Which I realized, like, oh, I don't have to get too worked up about this garbage, because it's all nonsense, and I can still do well on all these tests, and all these dopey reports, and homework, and nonsense, and projects. And I'll be just fine. And so, yeah, so I did that. And then, and then, like an idiot, when I got to college, like I said, I got more worked up about grades again. And it didn't pay off. Because I would have done just, if I, if I had given 50% of the effort that I gave, it probably would have maybe reduced my GPA by a fraction of a point, something like that. You know, maybe I'd have like a 3.5 or a 3.6 instead of a 3.7, 3.8. So who cares? Who ultimately who cares? There's such a uh, there's such a happy media. It's so it's such a it's such a delicate balance to make sure like okay I'm not I don't want to completely fuck up in school, but I also want to have fun because you should be fun and enjoy life. And then if you can if you can you you have to maneuver that that whole thing and like figure out how much how much shit can I get into while maintaining you know doing okay. At life, school, work, whatever. And then, like, once you figure that out, then things are pretty sweet. You can figure that out when you get out of college and you go to work. It's like, how much effort do I need to put forth to be just fine and also be able to just, you know, fuck around and have fun with my friends? It's a weird thing. So that was my problem, I guess, in elementary school. It took me a few years to, like, figure that out because I just fucking... Oh, I just got worked up about everything. Any little thing. But then, yeah, then we would get these projects that I hated. And I would really get worked up about them. But I would get worked up and not do a single goddamn thing with them. For instance, not just those talented and gifted projects that I mentioned. with The medieval times thing where I didn't do shit until the day of. And I drew this terrible cartoon of a king and a jester on, the, on, the, on a piece of construction paper. Pencil. Um, but also in a regular old fourth grade Erie Canal projects classroom thing, this big, it's another fairly sizable project. And you could choose which project you could do, you know, different models and dioramas and reports. And you could do, a, I guess, a presentation maybe, and you could do this and you could do that. Just all these, all these fucking bullshit projects. And this was on the Erie Canal. Which is like, whoa, whoa, slow down! Too much excitement at once. <laughs> you're gonna make, you're gonna make it so I never want to go to fifth grade with all these cool projects that we're doing in fourth. Well, the Erie Canal. Oh boy, oh boy. So, <laughs> I was not remotely interested in the Erie Canal. Medieval. It's weird because medieval time. I love medieval times, and I love. I love any of that stuff, and I guess maybe I just wanted it out of that, wanted out of the uh, aim tag, whatever you call it. So I really put forth no effort at the end there. But uh, although I didn't, I didn't get booted out of it until fifth grade. I, I asked my mom the other day because I thought it was thir- uh, fourth grade that I got the boot from the aim program. But I was evidently I was there until fifth grade. So it's not like I got. I mean, I get kicked out maybe halfway through fifth grade aim or something like that. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Who cares? 
but I'm, I, it is surprising to me that I didn't put forth much of an effort on the Medieval Times project, but I, I think I just wanted out of that thing. The Erie Canal project, on the other hand, was just full-on fucking dull and boring, and I didn't care. I didn't care about water flowing across the state. I didn't care about uh, a mule named Sal 15 miles on the Erie Canal. I didn't care if I would always know my neighbor or always know my pal. <laughs> Low bridge, everybody down. I didn't care about that shit. Um, so when it, come to, it came time to do this project, I was really like, oh shit. This one actually means something because this is a fourth grade. This is a BAU project. This is an extra gifted shit. This is like effort. I have to do something. And yet, I still did pretty much nothing. What I did do was the weekend that the project was due, it was in April that it was due, uh, it was my sister's birthday weekend, so we spent like Friday night at my grandparents' house, and Saturday we did this and that. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids had come out on VHS, so we watched that like 20 times during the weekend. And... I knew, okay, my project's due Monday. I should really be working on this project, this Erie Canal project. And fr my grandpa's a fucking engineer. I could have asked him for help with something, and he would have been thrilled to have helped me. And he would have helped. We stayed at my grandparents' house. He, he could have helped me. My grandma. I, but I just, I never asked for help when I was a kid. It was weird. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to inconvenience anybody. <laughs> and uh, so... What I did instead was I spent the whole weekend with a sick feeling in the pit of my stomach watching Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and partaking in my sister's birthday activities uh, and then Sunday night going to bed and saying, oh shit, I should start this project and then saying, nah, I'll start it in the morning, you know, the day the project's due and you've got, and then again, you come in the next day and I realize, oh fuck, so this was a pretty big project. That must be why they gave us several months to do it. Because there was kids with full... It's, I guess these full, uh, you know, full-scale replica models of, of, you know, like Lock 7 in, in New York or, or the Erie Canal or whatever it was, you know, like these aqueduct, you know, beautiful, uh, constructed... You know, real life size with like plexiglass and like, I mean, just, you know, obviously something that the child did, you know, 100% by themselves, completely their own, their own doing. Um, but still, I didn't give a shit if parents, I didn't, I didn't know or I just thought like, wow, everybody's so good at like woodworking and video production and, uh, and sewing and creating costumes, and I thought, wow, everybody's so much better at these things than I am, and here I am just making a stupid thing all by myself. And I'm not saying that they had help from their parents. Like I said, it's pretty reasonable that most 9- and 10-year-olds can take, uh, you know, plaster and wood and 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 make and paint and make all these things and put plexiglass cases around them and you know uh, that's 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 pretty typical for a fourth grader so I'm not I'm not saying anything I'm just saying there were some really extraordinary projects that looked like they were just well 
engineered, if you will. Uh, me, on the other hand, I... And whatever. For all I know, that was all these kids did all this shit on their own. They didn't, but for all I know, they did. And and then I came in Monday with my Erie Canal project, and I said, you know, I'm going to do an alphabet book. That was my go-to, because that was fucking easy, and it was always one of the options. I think it was just the options for the fucking idiots. So naturally, you know, talented and gifted as I was, I always took the, the easy option, which was alphabet book. Oh, alphabet book's one of the choices. That's what I'm doing. Oh, I could, I could create a real working aquifer aqueduct uh, that's that could actually power the school could be attached to the uh, to the power system and the power grid and we could run auxiliary power off of this thing for months I could do that as a project oh, okay or I could travel back in time and interview uh, the actual people who are on the Erie Canal project and then report back on my find I could do that I could invent a time machine and go talk to them okay that's one and what's this one down here? Ah, alphabet book. I could take 26 pieces of paper and just write <laughs> just write one term for each letter of the alphabet, something related to the Erie Canal, and then put a small one or two sentence description below it and maybe draw a picture. That's what I will do. Although I'm not going to draw any pictures because fuck that. Because I suck at drawing and it takes me too long. And so that's what I did on the day of the Erie Canal project due date. I came in, I grabbed a bunch of pieces of construction paper, <laughs> my go-to construction paper. Uh, and instead of drawing the king in the gesture uh, in the king's court, I, I proceeded to work on my alphabet book. And I had things like E, Erie, C, Canal, W, Water, Water flowed on the Erie Canal. A, Albany. B, Buffalo. The Erie Canal ran from Albany to Buffalo. Whoa, whoa. And, uh, and that was it. I sat on a hill during lunch and did my Erie Canal project. The same project that took people months and months of work. Took me 45 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it was that we had <laughs> during during lunch and then during class while we were supposed to be doing math I was just secretly scribbling away at my alphabet book uh, and then and then when the stupid thing was finally due I uh, you know I went to to cut you know the I had full-size pieces of construction paper which you know most people would have spent months drawing really well crafted detailed pictures and artwork to illustrate what they had written in the alphabet book to make it not such an easy, you know, bullshit choice for a project. I didn't do that. I drew, I, maybe I drew a couple of things, my chicken scratch, but I had a lot of, I had a lot of empty space on those pages. <laughs> so I took the scissors I put all 26 pieces of construction paper on top of one another and took the scissors and sh 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 cut cut down the middle so I could make it into a small book. Only problem was I cut this uh, these 26 pieces of paper while they were on my lap, and none of the pieces of paper were even with the piece of paper underneath it. So when I went to staple my Erie Canal alphabet book together, it was basically... 
um, the pages were all uneven, so you could see, like, 26, like, the first page was smaller than the second page, which was smaller than the third page, smaller than the fourth page, so it was basically, like, like, fanned, so all of the pages of my alphabet book looked like they were fanned out, sort of, um, which I used the excuse that that was done on purpose, so it made the pages easy to turn. Well, that's great, except it made the pages harder to turn because if you wanted the pages to be easy to turn, I would have fanned them the other way. So the larger piece of paper is on top so I can easily have a tab to open the first page and then the next tab opens the second page easily without, uh, you know, without having to get the pages stuck together or lick your finger or any of that gross stuff. That was my excuse. It was bullshit, though. I just fucked up cutting. And so... There's a piece of paper smaller than the second piece of paper, which is smaller than the third piece of paper, which is smaller than the fourth piece of paper. And it looked like, you know, when you have a, you know, playing poker and you've got a hand of cards, one's on top of the other on top of the other. And that's what it looked like. It looked like shit is what it looked like. Multicolored pieces of paper with an alphabet book that I did at lunchtime for a project that we had months to work on that I worked on in a half a day and then handed it in. And who knows what fucking grade I got? I obviously didn't, they obviously didn't hold me back, so it really didn't matter that much. I moved on to fifth grade just fine, and then on to sixth grade just fine, and graduated high school just fine with A's and college and all that shit. But boy, oh boy, did I fucking get myself worked into a tizzy over that. And it was a really yeah, it was a lousy project. I did a lot of I did a lot of my worst work in fourth grade. I feel like that was the medieval times project that I put no effort into, and that was the Erie Canal project that I put no effort into. And honestly, I don't remember much else about fourth grade. I'm sure I put very little effort into into the rest of it. And uh, but yet I would get myself worked up about everything. Like oh my god, I have this project to do. I have this homework. I have all this shit to do. I don't know. I did fine though, but that's the thing. If I had, <laughs> if I had put together that shitty alphabet book two months ago when the project was assigned, I could have done just as half-ass a job on day one of the project assignment, locked it away somewhere, and then just handed it in without even thinking it was just oh yeah that project that i did that shitty alphabet book that i put together two months ago is due today and just ripped it up whipped it out of my bag and handed it in but instead i would just let myself get worked up for months and months get sick to my stomach still not do the project the weekend before it's due and then come in on monday and do it during lunch and it's funny because now at work, if somebody asks me to do something and they say, oh yeah, no urgency, you know, we've got months to work on this. I'll fucking, I will fucking do that project today, whatever it is. I will do it multiple variations, multiple iterations of it, choice A, choice B, choice C. So, I, I mean, I guess no, <laughs> along the lines of pick your battles, no one to overachieve, no one to underachieve. There's a time and a place for both. That's the big, there's my tip. Learn, learn when it's acceptable to underachieve and know, know when you should overachieve and then find that happy little middle ground where you can do some, go somewhere, have a foot on either side of the, both fences, both sides of the fence of the achievement fence. So you can enjoy life too and do well. 
I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's different for everybody. But I've I feel like I've found it where I know, okay, I can do here's the effort I need to put forth. Not just the bare minimum, mind you. I don't want to make it seem like I sit around doing the bare minimum at work. Not even remotely close. I do. I go above and beyond. I, tr- you know, when they they tell you to be strategic to like figure out what what people want before they even know that they want it, and then make it so that when they do want it, you have it, or you can tell them, "Hey, I made this," and then they realize, "Ooh, that's something I wanted. I didn't even realize I wanted it." That kind of shit. But I also, I also don't. Uh, it's funny. You get to a point where you just, yeah, you don't care, though. Uh, you, you're like, well, I can't get in trouble. I'm a goddamn adult. I don't care if my you know, my manager will yell at me. Who cares? <laughs> That's stupid. And, uh, and then because you say, like, well, okay, if you don't like it, I can leave, and I'll just go find another job. So fuck you. Leverage, man. It's important. That's the thing. You don't have leverage in school. What's your leverage in, in elementary school? <laughs> no, nothing, none, none leverage. So for me, not having leverage, I would say, shit, I am really worked up and worried about every fucking aspect of school right now in elementary school, everything. And then you get a little bit over, older, get a little more independent, a little more in control of your life, and that shit sort of slips away. And then, you know, by high school, it's like, fuck you, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to make a math video with a cocaine deal and fucking 60s, fab 60s videos with uh, fab 60s presentations where I'm screaming about MIGs, goddammit, get to your foxholes, and all the other shit that we did. And it turns out it doesn't matter. You just, you know, I don't know. Just don't get, don't get fucking worked up about things, which is easier said than done. I got worked up about a bunch of shit today. I was really pissed off earlier. But now I'm cool. Because who cares? Get on with your life. Let idiots be idiots. Tell them they're an idiot if you have to. <laughs> Let them know. <laughs> Let them know how stupid they are. Or if it's not really worth it, just fucking move on. You know, and hope that they get run over by a car. Oh, God. What? 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 Where did this all... This is supposed to be about tag and aim in the medieval times. What have we learned? What have we learned in this uh, long-winded rant of mine about the gifted program? Well, I think we've learned that the the gifted programs are stupid because the only gift, the gift that they give you is extra work. Congratulations on being smart. Here's more work. Ha, ha, ha. Enjoy your weekend, shithead, while your friends are out playing. You'll You'll be working on... Whatever, whatever stupid project we have for you. Uh, so we've learned that the the gifted, talented things are just you know that's silliness, stupid. Uh, you know grades. Hey, if you want to be a doctor, grades are very important. You should focus on your grades. Otherwise, you know some other some other other fields like that. Otherwise, you know if you just kind of I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I'll figure that out later. Yeah, maybe. I mean, grades are good. You just don't need to put a, you can you can put in a, a reasonable effort, not kill yourself and get a decent grade. Like where's where's the dimin- where's where does the law of diminishing returns kick in? That's that's the that's what we figured out. The law of diminishing fucking returns. 
which is to say, at what at what point does your effort not pay off? That's what you have to figure out. How much effort am I putting in, and what am I getting back? And if you could put in, you know, X amount of effort and do pretty well, versus I'm going to increase that effort, you know, times a hundred percent for maybe a tiny, tiny little bit more than if I gave, you know, 50%. That's if you figure, figure that shit out. Figure out your own law of diminishing returns. When does that, when does that come into play? Because goddammit, once you figure that out, it's all, it's pretty good. How much do I need to put forth to do well, to do as well as I need to do, to accomplish the things I need to accomplish? What's the minimal amount? And then that way I can spend the rest of the time playing some goddamn video games and, uh, you know, calling Cliff. So there we go. So gifted programs are stupid and uh, good, good, good grasp on the the diminishing returns is important. Um, And elementary school sucks. Fucking sucks. At least it did for me. Okay, that's enough of that. We're back here on the Birthday Boy podcast. There's a lot of detail on my on my many fourth grade failures. But hopefully my hopefully my fuck ups provided some entertainment, which is the whole point. That's the whole point. Talking about what a stupid asshole I am. And hopefully you're laughing at some of it. (sighs) Shit. What next? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. Let's get this. I wanted to talk about last week's... uh... (laughs) Oh, man. Un- unforgettable, unbelievable going to see uh, Mart Cohn Mart Cohn 99 year old Holocaust survivor I mentioned last week on the podcast that we were going to see her it was lived up to and exceeded expectations it was amazing you know, to be able to meet somebody just only because it's such a rare like you know, that's that's a dying breed, literally. Like, anybody, World War II veterans are all in their... Like, the youngest World War II veteran is, like, in their early 90s. That's just crazy. So, to see somebody who's 99 and still sharp as a tack and alive and kicking and touring the world to tell her story is just it was unbelievable. And I won't get into the details of the, of the presentation. It was just... It was two hours of just, like truly edge of your seat like her her ability to you know for a woman who was born in France uh, whose whose language is French and who's fluent in German and then somewhere you know much later after French and German learned English to be able to tell a story at the age of 99 that has you on the edge of your seat and to paint these pictures so vividly about you know being a spy pretending to be a German woman uh, with her fluent German accent and her blonde hair, the f- stupid Nazis thought that she was German. And so she would go around, she would ask them, uh, I can't find my fiancé. 
I need details about, you know, like blah, 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 blah. And they would, they would just spill all these secrets, all these, you know, where they're going to go and where this is taking place here and all this stuff that she would then bring back to the French army and just phenomenal story. These stories about, you know, waiting with a suitcase in the snow in the woods uh, to meet up with a, with a, sen- a German sentinel and being just gripped paralyzed with fear and then overcoming the fear and saying, holy shit, I have to get up off my ass and do this. Just awesome. It was awesome. And then the kids got to meet her and take a picture with her, and she pulled Cameron aside. Kaylin went and had her picture taken with this woman first, and Cam didn't want to. I don't know why. She just she just didn't want to. I think maybe, maybe she, like me, I don't get starstruck. I don't get intimidated if I, in the rare times that I've met celebrities, I don't, I don't give a shit, you know, I just don't care. Entertainment related, political, it just doesn't, you know, cool, great, whatever. doesn't matter. Uh, but I will tell you something. I was, I was very nervous going up to this marked cone because just that's somebody that I'm like, wow, that's a legitimate here that's a legitimate celebrity that's somebody that i have access to right here now who's done actual things instead of you know playing make-believe or professionally lying for a living about things they're going to do when they get elected to office that they're not going to do so i don't really care too much about that and and i'm not not to diminish i'm not diminishing actors and things like playing make-believe is very very important and getting paid look fuck be nice to be paid millions of dollars to play make-believe and act and do all that shit. But I don't get starstruck by that. It's like, it's great. It's awesome. Like, I'm really, I love, you know, there's so many entertainment icons who I would just love to, past and present, who I would love to have met or love to meet someday, kind of. But I, you know, I don't lose sleep over it. And this is one that I was like, God, I really, you know, I want to get up there and meet her and have the kids meet her. And they did. And Kaylin took her picture. And Cam was maybe, yeah, maybe just a little a little nervous, which is rare for her. That's not something that she, it's usually the other way around. Kaylin gets very shy and timid, and Cam is not. And in this case, Kaylin had no problem going right up to Mart and uh, taking a picture and saying hi and shaking her hand. And I pulled Cameron aside and said, look, you don't get this opportunity every day, and with each passing second, these opportunities become less and less. You may not get this opportunity again. And uh, so she said, yeah, good point. And so she went up and spoke to spoke to Marta, Mart, and um, shook her hand, took nice pictures. And then as Cam was getting up to walk away, uh, Mart called her back over and said, come here, I want to tell you something. She said, Women can do a lot of things, too, if they want to. Remember that. She held up her finger at Cam, you know, kind of waving her finger. Like, don't don't you forget it. You can do anything. Um, which is just an unbelievably emotional, special moment. It was just, oh, my God. And her husband's 93, and he's, you know, he's a young, spry fella. Just, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. These people are well into their 90s. She's, uh, you know, nine months away from turning 100 and they're touring the world and telling their story is phenomenal. Uh, so that's, that's the cool, not really funny jokey, haha part of it. That was just a really nice special thing. Uh, the sucky part is some of the people who go to these things and it's just, Oh, I just, I wanted to crawl into a hole 
some of the dopes that went up to poor Mart, uh, you could tell that they've like they've just been rehearsing. They spent the last two hours not listening to a word she said and just rehearsing what they're going to say when they get up to to meet her. And I I thought I'm like, you know, I joke as I do. I you know I had my stupid line that I said when I met Hillary Clinton because I don't I didn't care. Again, that's perfect example of me not being awestruck or starstruck. It's like okay, oh wow, geez, she. Former First Lady, Secretary of State, uh, you know, Senator, blah, 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 quite the resume. And I made a joke because I, you know, whatever. And that's not a a pro or anti-Hillary Clinton anything. That's just, I, you know, it could have been anybody, any politician. I wouldn't have been particularly starstruck or awestruck because it's like, whatever. Uh... So I, so I, so I, you know, I made a little joke to Hillary Clinton, big deal. Like, you know, I, on the fly, I came up with something real quick to say, and made myself laugh. And the, I was pretty pleased with myself. Uh, but with with Mart Cohn, I said, um, you know what? I'm going to go up and shake her hand and just say thank you. That's it. Thanks, f- thank you for telling your story. Thank you for for everything. And that's all I said. And that was all. And she smiled, and you know, it was great. Uh, some of these dum-dums, however, she's 99. She is sharp as a tack. She's, it's amazing that she can do everything that she can do at this age. It's on, at my age, it makes me exhausted to think about all the traveling and talking and things that she has to do and meeting all these people every time. Uh, but again, she's still, she's 99. So the hearing's not so great. You know, not everything's working as it did when she was, you know, 29. So... A lot of these dopes at the end of the thing are going up and they've got this, They've obviously they've rehearsed and they're like, oh, this is what I'm going to say. You know, somebody tried to impress her by by speaking French, saying, you know, thank you for your bravery and your heroism and all this stuff. And I, f- I forgot what it was, but it was in French. And I just rolled my eyes because the poor woman couldn't hear what the fuck she was saying. She's French is her native language. She didn't understand what she was saying. She couldn't hear it. It's like, dude, don't fucking try to impress. Just, she's a 99-year-old Holocaust survivor. I'm going to guess there's very little that impresses her in this day and age. I'm going to guess. She's seen it all and done it all and experienced it all. And you're going to just, like, try to, I learned a little bit of French for you. Don't. Just thank you. That's it. Hello. Night. Thank you so much. Goodbye. (laughs) That's it. That's enough. And if she wants to say something else to you, then that's her thing. Um, God, these people, those these fucking vultures, just swarming her. This one, this one woman, just like she comes up to me and hands me her phone so that I can take a picture of them. Which I'm happy. Whatever. I don't want to touch your disgusting phone. But you have just shoved it. She literally shoved it into my hand, and it's one of those like phone cases that's like a, a full-on wallet. So it's I've got like her credit cards, driver's license, and, like, flaps flipping all over the place. She couldn't have just taken the fucking phone out and given me the stupid phone. She didn't give me the whole the whole case with the wallet and everything. And she's and she was just a, a wreck, this one. She was like, can you, t- can you take our picture, please? I'm like, uh, yeah, okay, relax, relax. This woman's 99, and she's sitting in a chair, and she also has her arm in a sling and a little cast. She's not going, she's not sprinting out of here. Relax. I'll take your picture with her. It's all good. Okay, okay. And then she's showing me. So you push this button. I'm like, really? 
you're telling me how I take a picture with a touchscreen smartphone. Uh, what? Uh, I've never seen one of these contraptions. Do I, uh, where's the giant flash bulb that explodes? And is there a curtain that I can, uh, you know, put over my head when I go to take the picture? How do I, is there a dark room nearby that I can go to develop this? Or what is this, I, this newfangled, yeah, I got it. Fucking, I hit the button and the picture, I can take 20 of these. I, relax, shut up, go get your picture. So then the same, the same lunatic then goes up, takes the picture, and then starts trying to have a conversation with the poor woman. And the woman can't hear, Mark can't hear a word that she's saying. So she says, there's, there's, there's a documentary, I'm, I'm sure she's in, I'm sure Mark Cohn is in numerous documentaries. She played a clip of a DVD, some documentary that she's in. There's another one that's coming out, it's going to premiere in Israel, and she's going to be there, and it's all, it's a huge thing, it's great. So this woman who has shoved her phone and wallet phone case thing into my face, ordering me to take a picture and showing me how to work a fucking smartphone camera as though I don't have literally 100,000 plus pictures on my photo stream. I think I might be in the nineties. It's, it's close to uh, pictures that I will never see again. As long as I live just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I got it. Got how to use your phone. So I take the picture. I give her a phone. Then she starts talking to this poor woman. Survived the Holocaust. Lived through it all. Seen it all. And now you got this dope. You can't just say thank you, take the picture, smile, shake her hand, and get the hell out of there. You have to tell her your life story now, too. Oh, goody for her. She's made it to 99, and now she gets... Just, just like you know, being talented and gifted, the reward is more shit thrown in your face living to 99 and going around the world to tell your tale. The reward is you have to talk to some of these fucking knuckleheads. So this dope telling me how to take a picture. I take her picture. She starts talking to Mart. She goes, you know, I'm, I make films too. I'm a filmmaker. And poor Mart is saying, I'm sorry. I can't, I cannot hear you. I cannot. She's like, I make films. I'm a filmmaker. I, I can't, what? I can't hear you. I make films. I, I'm a filmmaker too. And then I was kind of, you know, talking to to Kim and the kids and and Alex and Johanna who were with us who thank thanks to them telling us about this event otherwise we wouldn't have known. So, you know, we were kind of uh, one ear was listening to this ridiculous conversation the other. So I didn't hear everything and then I hear her this is like 5 minutes later and I made a film and then I just hear her, she's like with Ben Kingsley you know, Ben Kingsley, he played Gandhi. Gandhi. And I'm just like, please, please just leave her alone. She can't hear you. She's politely smiling. Like, don't, don't. After all this poor woman has been through, she lived through the Holocaust. She's a survivor, and now she may not survive you fucking droning on about Gandhi and Ben Kingsley and your fucking movie collection. I... I so then this other lunatic comes over. This is a different breed of lunatic who is sitting near us during the presentation, during the speech. The speech was over and people were clapping and the group of kids and the parents in front of us got up to, to leave and were, you know, they were talking amongst themselves as they were leaving. The thing's over. You, you know, you could talk, you can make noise now. It's over. And this woman shushes. She goes, shush. And they... The daughter was like, and this is, I didn't see this. Kim told me all this. The daughter 
Just like, what? Did she just shush me? Like, the, the presentation's over. Don't shush me. Meanwhile, the shush lady, shushy, she's sitting there with a fucking whole bag of yarn and needlepoint. She's, or whatever, stitching, knitting, needling, whatever the fuck. A sharp needle with yarn. Uh, crocheting. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I never know the difference. She's fucking knitting a, a, a puppet or some sh bullshit. In the middle, I'm like, is this she knitting a puppet to give? No, she's just knitting. She just brought her knitting. Like, we told the kids, look, most things that we make you sit through, we let you bring something. A Nintendo Switch or a Kindle or a phone or some device to play with or even a book or a coloring, a pad of paper. What we, we said, I know two hours is a lot of time to sit still at your age or at any age, but just please be respectful this one time and we'll go and listen and it's going to be great. And they did and they were perfect. They behaved wonderfully for two hours. They sat and listened and it was just awesome. And this dum-dum in her 50s or however old she is, she's sitting there with a fucking stitching, needling, knitting, sewing, whatever. Fucking hand puppet or some bullshit. A fucking puppet. That has nothing to do with anything. So then, so then this shushy, you know, knitting, shushy McNitty knits, knits McShusherton, whatever the fuck you want to call her. After she's done shushing people and she puts away her knitting and she goes up to meet Mart and the, the first lunatic with her wallet phone is a Ben Kingsley. I wear Ben Kingsley. I'm a filmmaker. And poor Mart's just sitting there smiling, like, okay, I don't know what you're saying. I've told you I can't hear you. And my English isn't isn't perfect, so I don't I'm not getting everything. So then this the shushy comes over and kind of barges into the conversation and is talking about asking her about the film and Israel and where is it gonna premiere? Are you, you know, when and and the the wallet Ben Kingsley lady is like, she goes the, the premiere is in Israel, and Mart is going to be there for the premiere. And Shushi just looks at her, and she goes, uh, Yes, I heard that. I heard her say that. Like, very rude. Like, very, just snapped. Snapped right the fuck back at her. And this poor, oh, I just, I, I, I wanted to go up to Mart and just be like, Hey, uh, being wedged between these two idiots really makes you long for the days of the Holocaust, eh? Oh my god. I just can't even imagine. I can't even imagine this poor woman lived through it all. Now she's got these two stupid idiots battling, arguing like fools. So then they they're out of there. And then this other guy, this next guy comes up and he gets down on his knees to shake her hand. And I'm like, oh god, he's going he's going in to have a conversation. He's gonna have a conversation with her too. So he gets down on his knees and he's like and now Mart is, you know, she was, you couldn't see her. Unless you were in like the first three or four rows, you couldn't see her. She's very tiny. She's like four foot 11. And she said that was back when she was taller. So she's, you know, probably hunched over to like four, eight, four, nine. Tiny. Like a child, like a small child. Kaylin, my youngest, is very tiny. And in the picture, Kaylin looks bigger than this woman. It was, you know, she's a, she's as tiny as they get. And, um, and, you know, made a few jokes about her height during the thing. And it was very funny. And uh, 
She goes, yeah, she said, I was, back in those days, she's like, I'm 4'11", or at least I was back when I was taller. And I got a good laugh. It was funny. So then this guy at the fucking end of the thing, after Shushy and the wallet phone, you know, Ben Kingsley lady are done, you know, crowing away at each other. Uh, this dum-dum comes up, and he gets down on his knees, and he goes, he goes, you, you stand taller than all of us. And she just looks at him and she goes, what? He goes, you stand taller than all of us. She goes, I, I can't, I can't hear you. <laughs> and he's, instead of just like, this is when you just give in and you just say, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. And then you move on. Third time. You stand taller than all of us. <laughs> I'm like, shut the fuck up. She can't hear you, and frankly, it's it's a little patronizing what you're saying right now. I, I, I'm not in her head, but I'm going to guess, you know, she's no dope. And I know you mean well, and you're trying to, like, lift her up and build her up. Like, hey, you're the, you're, you're, your accomplishments are, you know, you're small in stature, but large in, you know, all that you've done. I, I, get, I get what he's doing, but Jesus Christ, dude, just... Maybe maybe write her a note. Maybe maybe you just write a little note and say, "Here's a nice note I wrote for you." If you're gonna if you're gonna rehearse and pre pre plan all these fucking things you're gonna say to this poor woman who's made it to 99 and is gonna spend her final moments listening to imbeciles scream at the top of their lungs about Ben Kingsley. And you stand taller. I said you're tall. <laughs> And she finally, she's like, oh, okay, thanks, thanks. And uh, and then this next guy comes up and he's like, I'm a reporter with the, and it's some fucking, you know, it's not even like the town newspaper, it's like the neighbor, it's like, it's like uh, you know, when Rod and Todd Flanders got a printing press, it's like, I, I'm the, uh, my name's Steve and I'm, uh, I'm a reporter with the Steve Herald. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, and he's asking her questions, and, I, and, she, and I'm like, oh God, Jesus Christ, she can't. She just she had a Q and A section. That's when the questions were, sir. She spent two hours talking, and then was kind enough to let us ask her questions after all of that. And now you've got now you're gonna get your inside scoop. And he's like, what's the what's the secret to living to be 99 years old? And she's like, what? What's the secret to living to be 99? She's like, I can't hear you. And he was being very, he wasn't, just like my kids. When my kids say something in the car, and I'm like, what? And they actually somehow get quieter. That's what this jackass was doing. And so then finally he's like, what's the secret to living to be 99? And she's, of course, like an intelligent person. She's like, I don't fucking know. She didn't say that, but... I'm sure she wanted to. I, I feel like I know uh, a 99-year-old Holocaust survivor pretty well, and if I were to guess, I think, I, I think what she was thinking inside was, how the fuck do I? I don't know. I just, you know, how do I get to? How do I live to be 99? Uh, not die during the previous 98 years, I guess. That's the secret. And she's like, I don't have a secret. Like, I, I survived the Holocaust, and millions of people didn't. Like, I, you know. I don't have a secret. And that's all she said. 
and he was you know he's looking for like this these great you know things like she's just giving you so much that you could put in your stupid little leaflet pamphlet newsletter and now you're going to ask her a dopey question like this what's the secret to long life <laughs> like i don't know probably probably going a good stretch without having to answer jackass questions like that next get out of here and then we were over talking with her husband who is a just a charming just a wonderful man just kind as can be and she's got uh, t- tables filled with medals and awards and oh my god it's just unbelievable to see all these things and he's describing all of them and they have maps and they have just just all this incredible incredible pieces of history and he's so generous of his time and telling us all about it and all about you know even some of his experience and it's just fantastic Meanwhile, my right ear picks up, uh-oh, Shushi. Shushi is back, and she's talking to Mart again, as though it wasn't enough already. She just won't leave the poor woman alone. At one point during the, during the Q&A, somebody had stood up and asked Mart what her faith was during all of this, if she believed in God and this and that. And she was like, you know, honestly, I'm not sure. It depends. just depends on... On what's going on. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I kind of waver back and forth. Uh, that's a that's a perfectly reasonable answer for somebody who's been through so much and seen. An ex- you know, her sister died in Auschwitz, and her fiance was killed, and uh, you know, her real fiance was killed, and you know, just just horrific things. Living through all of this. Yeah, you don't want to believe in God. <laughs> cool, that's fine. You you you've earned it. Uh, by having nothing but shitty things happen for so many years. And so she said, eh, I wave her back and forth. She didn't say, I don't believe in God. She just said, you know, sometimes I do, sometimes not so much. And uh, it's all just an eternal back and forth, probably like most people, back and forth. And then she made a joke, but, you know, when, when my time comes, when I'm on my deathbed, I'll probably, just to be safe, I'll just believe in God, uh, just to make sure it's cool. Which I'm like, dude, if if such a thing exists, you're fine. You're fucking fine. Don't worry about it. Anyways, uh, so Shushi, because she's got uh, just such a great grasp on everything and an ability to uh, to listen appropriately while she's knitting puppets. Um, obviously, that didn't distract her at all because she went up to the woman and at the top of her fucking lungs, she goes, You might not believe in God, but I do, and God believes in you. And I'm just like, oh, I just, I just want to, I want to bang my head into the wall. It's just like, please, you're now, you're just, this is, this is elder abuse, truly. I just, it's harassment at this point. And then Mart fires back, and she's like, dude. And obviously, I'm not talking the way that Mart talks. She's like, dude, were you listening? I didn't fucking say I don't believe in God. I just say, like a lot of people, I, you know, I've experienced some shit. So I'm not always super duper positive that there's a big guy in the sky who's, you know, rainbows and hugs and happiness. Again, I'm paraphrasing. I'm putting words into her mouth. She just simply said, I didn't say I don't believe in God. I just said I waver back and forth. That's all. And so the stupid shushy's like, well, I believe in him and he believes in you and I'm praying for you. And it's like, dude, what is what is wrong with these people? Hello, Mart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much 
for all you've done. Thank you. It's an honor to meet you. Thank you. That's it. Thank you. Goodbye. Move. And this poor woman is so sweet. As, as Alex mentioned, she was treating everyone like a grandchild, like as, as annoying as the questions and comments might be and as hard as it might have been for her to hear them. She was like, she was giving them all the time of day. And it's just like, God damn. <laughs> you stand taller than us all. What? You soar with the eagle's nest. I make movies, you know, motion pictures, Ben Kingsley, Gandhi. <sighs> you may be a horrible atheist who's going to burn in hell for your beliefs, but I believe in God and I'm praying. For, like, just keep your fucking shit to yourself. Honestly, you know what would have been better? Better. Pull out your stupid sock puppet that you've been knitting all night instead of listening and paying attention. Put on a fucking puppet show for her. I'll bet that doesn't happen every day. Give her a puppet show instead of instead of spewing nonsense, revealing to the world what a fucking idiot you are. Just pull out a puppet show so then we know you're an idiot because you're sitting there sewing puppets all day during a, a fucking Holocaust survivor's presentation. Put on a puppet show. You know, try to make her laugh. Have your little puppets dance around. Because that's, that's the intellectual equivalent to everything that you've just said. You fucking dope, you shushy fucking idiot. So anyways, great experience, except for the fucking morons. And it just made me realize, like, oh my god, she. they mentioned they've gone... Uh, the, the amount of traveling that they've done all over the country, all over the world... You know, they, they live in California. Here they are in Haverhill, Massachusetts, and, and Portland, Maine, and they're going to Israel, and they've, you know, made 2,000 of these presentations and visits, and, uh, I mean, just unbelievable. Just all of all of this, and I can't even imagine what the other knuckleheads must be like at all of these places who go up with thinking they've got some clever thing they're going to say. It's like, you don't think she's heard it all and seen it all? Like, shut the fuck up. Just say thank you. Just like at the fucking butcher. Just, you know, you're holding that up for everybody else and you're not contributing. Just, you know, move along. Just get the fuck out of here. God damn. It probably was the same woman who was buying all that turkey. Holding everything, holding everything up for poor Mart. Wasting her time and then wasting everybody's time at the butcher a few days later. I'm sure that was her. I'm sure it was. Shushy turkey hands. I thought it was right. a nightmare. Making an executive decision. Oh, Jesus. Two hours and ten minutes. Uh, gonna split this up. I think there's gonna be uh, episode 19, part two. I like these guys. Alright. Yeah. I'm going to split this up. We're going to do episode 19, part 2. So stay tuned. It should be next in your podcast feed. And uh, as always, I don't know. I, it's weird to split up the podcast. Like, what do I... 
I'm gonna save my outro closing for part two, because that's technically that's the end. I just don't have the room to make this one big long podcast. I mean, I could. The quality, the audio quality would be shit. But, and I don't really want to do that. So, uh, yeah. I take a little break here, and uh, we'll come back with episode 19, part two of the Birthday Boy podcast coming up. Give it, I thought I said it wrong. It's never too.